Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Schoolboy Errors Football Podcast. We're into the final stretch of this Euro 2020. Only four teams remain. England steamrolled Ukraine in the quarterfinal. No other real shocks, I don't think. What do you think? Any real shocks in the Not really. Uh, Spain was pushed hard by Switzerland. Apart from that, nothing even really close. Had Belgium against Italy, and that was a bit of a slugfest. Yeah, I, I predicted Italy to get through Belgium, but it could have gone either way. Belgium were up and above. Thought Italy. Italy were fully deserved it for, yeah. for sure. Um, but as to the England game, a very impressive performance, particularly in the second half from England. Honestly, at halftime, I was expecting it to be a typical England performance, but um, the set the early goal in the second half helped, and we'll get into the full match summary. In a sec, but before and what did you think of the lineup? Any anything that surprised you? No, we talked about it before that we'd probably go to a back to a back four. Trippier dropped out, and uh, I think Mounts coming in. I think Saka was injured, wasn't he? So yeah, so Sancho came Sancho in. Sancho came in. I yeah. didn't expect that to be honest. That that was a bit of a surprise because we played like six minutes or something. In yeah, like I think up they front it's a toss up. We thought you know. Foden, Mount, Sancho, Saka if he was fit, yeah. Grealish, any two of any two of those plus Sterling, and then came up top. That's probably the way he's going to do it. So yeah, he's got a lot of options. Yeah, but other than that, the defense was kept the same. Same two holding midfielders, and Kane and Sterling, those what's that like eight players are basically nailed on. Yeah. I'd say Mount's almost nailed on with Southgate and Dinkmore. I, I, we'll get into player ratings, but I have not rated Mount particularly highly. Um, but the match di- when the match kicked off, England went off to a, a brilliant start, and Sterling slipped the ball through. It was actually a really good ball. If that was Kevin De Bruyne, everyone would be losing their mind. <laughs> um, it was actually a really nice ball, and Harry Kane finished well. Yeah, did the keeper have much chance? Not he kind of. I think he sort of brushed off his off yeah. his right shoulder, but he was trying to make himself as big as possible, and sort of went the wrong way. Sort of, he was thinking it was probably going to his left and ended up going to his right. But anyway, yeah, didn't have much of a chance. I don't think once Kane got onto it. Yeah, and then Ukraine, who you could kind of tell in the opening couple of minutes, were trying to try and sit back. Um, they had to come out when he scored that early. Yep. But England still dominated for a period, I think, and then there was that injury that Ukraine had where they had to take off one of their centre backs, I think, which resulted in a change of shape for Ukraine. And then they got back into the game a bit so towards they the end of the half. A lot better, that's right. Yeah, they changed. I, I can't. I don't know the formation, but I think it was the four, four at the back, which has changed. Four, three, three. I wouldn't think it went. Through. Something like that. And England were on the back foot quite a bit. A few sloppy mistakes at the back. Kyle Walker nearly gave it to someone who nearly scored. Greenish, I think maybe. Yeah, but Pickford shoveled it behind. It was quite yeah. comfortable. Other than that, there was that one Sancho chance, which was given offside in the end, even though I think it would have counted. Um, and then and then at half time, yeah, I was thinking, I just want to see one day England just batter a team. <laughs> well, I was shouting five yeah. nil <laughs> at one point. I, I was shouting for that <laughs> after when England went one nil up against the Czech Republic early on, and it just doesn't happen. No, and I was expecting it to be one nil. Yeah. Um, but early into the second half, the England from the 2018 World Cup finally showed up with their set piece prowess. Prowess. Yep. Uh, Shaw whipped the ball in, Maguire, big slab head, and it was... It was Laukum. 
Yeah. Um, and then England hit him again, shorter cane this time. Uh, it was a nice bit of that was a nice goal actually. It was like a little sterling back heel sure whipped it in and cane. Not make the keeper in the end. Yeah, well, it was like downward header, make it as difficult as possible. Sc- I guess Kane's not even scoring headers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then. Um, actually, well, no, his first goal wasn't first a goal header. Was right foot, yeah. Uh, but then went three 0 and then Southgate was like, let's let's get the yellow card people off, and I think we saw Rice come off first, and then Phillips was later. But Henderson, who came on to for Rice, would head home from a from a Mason Mount corner, which was a Mount contribution. Um, it's actually a pretty decent header. It was, it was unmarked, but it was actually a good header. Yeah, I think you you turn played pretty poor at the back. I mean, you, England have got to be there, got to be in the right position to take the chances, but the quality of the set pieces were just too much for for Ukraine. Yeah, I think Southgate then. will be happy that the set pieces have finally come off because I think he he likes his set pieces. Well, it's amazing what can happen when you actually try and cross the ball into the box, <laughs> whether it be from a set piece or a corner. Yeah, they finally got the corners right because yeah. we commented already that the the quality of the corners in the first few games have been really poor. Even the free kicks though, that Shaw's de- that delivery was much better than any of his yeah. in the previous yeah. games. That was pinpoint accuracy. And then it went, yeah, it went to four 0 and then England were like, "Let's get all the subs on." Uh, we we saw like Rashford, Bellingham, um, Calvert Lewin came on a bit later. There's someone else I can't remember who came on. Trippier came on at left back, mm-hmm. which I, just, I the substitutions I just didn't like them. Yeah, I don't know whether Chilwell was actually named in in the starting in the line in, in, in the line twenty three. Yeah, yeah, at all I'm not sure, but yeah, it would have made sense. To just get give him, him on, give him some time as well. Yeah, and I wanted to see Foden or Grealish get on, but instead we saw Rashford and Calvert Lewin come on, and yeah, and they, none of them did anything, and it just feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity where you Grealish and Foden might have come on and they might have actually it's made a bit something of a happen because the game's already won at that point, and you say, okay, the people who are probably not going to get a game in the semi, we'll put them on now. Get them a bit of fitness, perhaps game time. I don't know. Who, yeah, but who knows? Speculating about what's going on in Southgate's head is a <laughs> yeah, it's difficult well, to do. Southgate still got his favourites. Yeah, for sure. Well, you could see that by the as you said the way Mount came straight back in. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, but then the last was it like twenty odd minutes of the game were just literally nothing happened. Just fizzled out. Ukraine did absolutely nothing really, and. Yeah, my only that's the small gripe about a really good performance was the substitutions. I just didn't, I just didn't like them. Just wanted to see Grealish or Foden come on, just maybe hit him for more even. But the game just fizzled out, and I mean it wasn't. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it fizzling out, but I just would have rather it fizzled out maybe with some different players on the pitch, or may, maybe not. But yeah, just because because I don't think Foden or Grealish are gonna play in the semi final. They're not gonna start because Southgate. I think Southgate's not gonna. I want to see Grealish again come in for Mount as as number ten because I like the way him and Sterling interchanged in the Czech Republic game, but yeah, I don't see that happening. Because they'll be the same line of position. I mean, Sam- Sancho won't play for. I don't. I don't know. It's I, it's a weird one with Sancho. If Saka's not injured for the game, maybe Saka will start again. But again, I'll, I said it last time. I'll say it again. I want to see Sterling on the right and Grealish on the left. Because that, that's how we scored against Germany. Mm-hmm. I think Denmark will be a bit more of a threat than... Absolutely. Do you think they'll go five at the back? 
Yeah, I'm Denmark. not sure. I think Denmark only play two up front, so I'm not. Their fullbacks are effective, though. That Mailer guy, he's been very good the whole tournament. Yeah, but they won't have it as easy. I don't, but I'm, I'm praying. I'd imagine it wouldn't be as easy for Denmark as it was for them in their in their quarterfinal because they got in consistently behind Czech Republic. Czech Republic, that's what I'm trying to put. Czech Republic, yeah. Um, they got in consistently behind, and the the forwards were very often goal side of the defence. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been more than two 0 really for uh, well, two one even for Denmark, two one for uh, Denmark. Well, Czechs did come back into it, so it's a bit of a fight. Yeah, they tried their best. Um, but yeah, really good performance from England in the in the quarterfinals. Two tournaments in a row now, England have made the semi-finals. And a new a new era maybe for England in international football, not going out at round of sixteens or quarterfinals on penalties anymore. Yeah, and they say the European Championships is more difficult than the World Cup because generally the the quality of the teams is better. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think that just about sums up how we how we thought of the game as a whole. And um, let's hop into the player ratings. Um, so starting with Jordan Pickford in goal, what have you given him? Um, I've given him a seven. Actually, really didn't have that much to do. I think, as you already mentioned in the in the game summary, uh, had that one save. Yeah, where he shovels it behind. Where he sh- sort of scooped it from yeah. the right post. He did get a little bit flustered in the in the second half. Um, I don't exactly know what was going on there. I felt as if he lost a little bit of concentration. Yeah, I don't but. Know. You know, as for the last game where you where you gave the whole of the backline, I think eights because they played so well. Yeah. You know, I think to give Pickford any more than seven would be being generous, but it's definitely not worth less than seven. It was just a, you know, did what he had to do. Didn't actually, I don't think, touch the ball that often from memory. So just steady work, and if it wasn't clear um, before this tournament. I think the player that Pickford will be Southgate's number one going forward. Yeah. Well, the reason I gave the defence all eights last game was because they were put under actually quite a bit of pressure. Yeah, sure. Unlike today where they haven't got all eights. Actually, they've, they go up quite nicely number-wise. But um, I've only gone for a six for Pickford. Okay. I, th- I thought it was actually his worst performance so yeah, far. Yeah, it, it was. It He's had a lot of good ones. He wasn't as assured, that's for sure. Yeah. I've just taken into account he had to make one save where... He has to save that, really. It was not a good shot, and I think Stones would have had it covered if they went if he went across goal. Um, I can't really think of any crosses claimed, and he, he had that one little dodgy kick out, and he didn't look as composed as he has in previous games. And I, I think I've given him sixes for some of the earlier games, or maybe yeah, a little bit higher. Bit, yeah, yeah. And I'd say it's probably a bit worse than those, because even in those games, he had like at least one save to make. Or a couple at least, and just didn't really have that much to do today. He just looked a little bit more yeah, flustered, as you said, as usual. So I've gone just for a six. Still not bad, but um, yeah, not his best performance, but certainly not his worst. Okay. Uh, On to right back, Kyle Walker. Well, I think because England reverted to a back four, I think that benefited both Walker and Shaw. They had a bit more room to roam, so. 
I gave uh, Walker 6.5. It's, di- it's difficult to say, really. Um, didn't do anything particularly outstanding. Did his defensive duties, I suppose, all right. But it was a bit of a sort of a anonymous performance, really. When all the glory is going up front, I suppose, if if nobody notices the performance at the back, mm. and he probably maybe done something right, but much in a similar vein as, as Pickford didn't really have that much to do and I don't think he got forward as much as he did in the in the Germany game even. It's surprising because he's playing as a centre back yeah, in that exactly. game. Exactly. Uh, I only went for a six for Walker actually. Defensively not amazing. He did he was the one who gave the ball away for Ukraine for that chance that Pickford had to save. Other than that you were getting quite frustrated in the game when he Tried to hit it, hit, hit it long often, and just it got intercepted and out for throwing every time. Yeah, he gave the ball away a few times. He nearly gave the ball away for a goal. Uh, that was mainly all in the first half, though. In the second half, it was fine, just standard. But the England defence wasn't put under that much pressure, so I can't exactly rate him that highly because he didn't really have anything to do in the first half. Where he made the odd mistake, the odd misplaced pass. He's gone for a six. Average performance, really. Um, on to the first centre half, John Stones. Yeah, Stones. Well, yeah, I think the centre halves had better games. Better, better. I was going to say better games than the fullbacks, but fullbacks. But which that's not quite true, is it really? No. <laughs> um, I give Stones a seven again. Solid enough performance. Unspectacular. Did what he had to do. Um, marking in the defence really. I think he's he he stayed further back because a couple of times you saw Maguire going from left centre back trying to probe forward yeah. and Stones was always left in reserve so it's a good tactic I think if uh, Maguire is happier going forward for Stones to stay back and marshal it if it drops into a back three while Maguire is going walkabout so yeah solid but sort of unspectacular. Yeah, and you've said that for most of Stones' performances. Yeah, but that's good. That's yeah, yeah. good. I'm perfectly happy. If he's solid, unspectacular, deals with what's got to be dealt with, then uh, that'll do by me. Long may it continue. Yeah, I went for a seven as well. Same reasons as you. No mistakes. Good defensively. Can't really fault his performance. So, yeah, I've went gone for a seven as well. He's now uh, beaten that Bobby Moore record that I spoke of last week briefly where I said he matched the most games of a clean sheet consecutive okay. games so he's now beaten that um, yeah I thought both of the centre back performances defensively wise were very similar and I've only given Maguire one up because of the goal basically Okay. Um, yeah because they didn't really have that much to deal with there was that little wave of Ukraine pressure towards the end, end of the first half I guess you could say Stones forced out um, the Ukraine, the Ukraine guy who ran through on quite well, made the angle a bit tighter for him. So yeah, solid performance again. Been solid in every single game. Seven. Okay. Uh, onto Harry Maguire. Yeah, well, I mean, I've sort of, I've sort of partially discussed uh, the centre back pairing already, and I'll, I'll give uh, Maguire an eight, just one up from Stones, basically because of his goal and of course, well, not of course, but because of his attacking ability he did make some quite good progress with the ball up the left hand side um, although that did sometimes uh, result in him turning back round and passing it back to Stones but at least he was giving it a go but yeah solid and he's whilst 
Mings is a admirable replacement or substitute for him. He just doesn't have the the stature or the quality that Maguire does. So yeah, now Maguire's back, fit and in the team. I don't think there's any replacing him. Yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see how they would have fared against Germany with Mings and McGrew. Yeah, I think Mings is prone to uh, <coughs> a few more mis- mistakes. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, I don't know. It's all uh, with hindsight. <laughs> yeah, I've gone. I've gone same as you for Maguire though, and as I kind of alluded to, I just went one up from Maguire. Yeah, him and Stones. I think they've got a really excellent partnership. They both know what their roles are. As you said, Maguire goes up, Stone stays back usually, and that pairing works wonderfully I think and um, yeah I've got nothing more to say well taken header this time he managed to actually get a header on target um, another goal for Maguire in another quarter final he scored against Sweden last time out very good performance eight um, on to Luke Shaw at left back yeah sure um, I'm going to give him an 8.5 just for his overall performance not so spectacular defensively because I've already said there wasn't really uh, that much to do, but just for his uh, contribution to general attacking play, free kick and assists. Yeah, assist, two assists. Two assists, effectively, yeah. So, yeah, he had a really good game. And obviously, well, I say obviously, but you would imagine that being partnered on the left with Maguire makes it a lot easier for him, a lot more natural. And actually, right back in the first episode when we were talking about the first lineups for the for the Croatia, for the Croatia game. game. I did say I would like to see Maguire and Shaw. with Shaw and Henderson actually at the time mm, yeah. <coughs> prior to him both coming injured, just because of that knowledge of each other. And I think that then you've seen it sort of the difference that that Shaw or how different Shaw's played when Maguire's come back into the team and also when he's playing as part of a back four. He was a little bit stifled uh, the game before as part of a back five. Didn't know whether to kick or to stay forward, stay defensive. So Then in the second half when Grealish came on. Yeah, exactly, change. freed him up again. So you've got to give him the, the freedom and maybe he has a bit more confidence to go walk about when he's got Maguire covering him. So 8.5. Yeah, um, well, based on my ratings, sure, that's your man of the match because I, I went for a nine. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought... Was just the best performer, really good ball in, pinpoint accuracy for the, with the free kick, good cross for the goal, solid defensively. Um, and I thought what was good about this game actually, because Shaw hadn't been really that good previously when playing um, with Sterling down that left wing rather than like a Grealish, because mm-hmm. his other best performances, I say, were against um, the Czechs and, and Germany in the second half when we saw Grealish. He hadn't really worked well down that left-hand side when Sterling or whoever's been down there. I thought he worked really well getting up and down. Um, so, he's put, he, yeah, he's, he's three games on the trot. Shaw's sure performed really yeah, he's well. In, he's, he's improved dramatically um, from the beginning. Though he, he didn't st- he didn't start the first game against Croatia. That was Trippier, but I think we can see a, a real big contrast with how, how effective England are down that left-hand side mm-hmm. with and without Luke Shaw because... Well, even when Trippier came on, I guess there was no no one was really trying to go forward, but still we could see that how effective Luke Shaw really was at left back. So yeah, based on my ratings, 
he's man of the match with a nine. Could it be, could I theoretically someone else be man of the match? I guess you could give it to Kane or Maguire if you want. Um, but mine is Luke Shaw, and yeah, onto the two holding midfielders. Uh, start with Calvin Phillips. Well, I'll, I'm going to put these two together again, mine are usually as I did in the last game. I usually do, and they usually get the same rating, yeah. apart from Phillips uh, against Croatia. But I'll give these both guys. I'm going to say seven, seven point five, just the same, the same old defensive midfield there. Um, I think Phillips was a bit more uh, forward than Rice in this in this game, but um, they play interchangeably. One stays back, the other goes forward, and it was a lot more progressive. Not as much sideways passing as I think we've seen before, but then that probably reflects on their position. Compared to Germany, this wasn't a. You didn't have to take as much command of the midfield, perhaps, especially from a defensive point of view. So, I think both guys had a pretty good game, but it wasn't exactly the hardest task that they that they will face in this tournament or have already faced. So, just yeah, seven point five same. Yeah, I've got a seven for both of them. I think maybe Declan Rice was a little bit better. I can think of like a few more challenges maybe he made and I didn't really notice that many tackles from Phillips. Usually he's making tackles here, there and everywhere, sometimes yeah. just fouling them if he needs to. Well, again, I do think that reflects the opposition because they yeah. were more relying on punts, long punts up or playing down the wing so rather than coming through the middle. But anyway. Yeah, but other than that again as I said the end of that first half where Ukraine were on the ball a bit more the mid they dominated the midfield um, and well yeah they both came off quite early in the second half yeah they took didn't they as you said because because of the yellow card danger yeah so I mean I think we already know it but that just kind of confirms that they nailed on to start for the That's for the semi-final yeah. and I think that back six or seven if you want to include Pickford that's set them in stone a again as I mentioned with Sterling and Kane I think they're all guaranteed I'd say Mount's almost guaranteed even though I disagree with that as I also said before and that right wing is the most contentious spot I think the most competition around it um, yeah sevens for both just same again I think it, similar to John Stones they're just doing the, their job the whole time exactly. and it's just solid every game really and a lot of people question Southgate's choice to go with two holding midfielders. Southgate's been proven right. There's just no complaints, really. Mm -hmm. uh, on to Mason Mount. Well, yeah. I mean, provided an assist for um, Henderson's tailored yeah. goal, but didn't in, didn't in, it wasn't an inspiring performance. So, you know, is it that sort of unobtrusive... Our bang average seven just got on with it, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I'll go with a seven, but didn't set the world on fire. Didn't didn't light up the pitch. So really, not not got a lot to say about him there. Really. Yeah, I've gone six point five for Mason Mount because he was actually anonymous in that first half. I didn't notice he was on the pitch until he made a tackle uh, in his own penalty area against some Ukrainian player. Um, I think he had he had a lot of tackles won that game. I think that was his stat that I'd seen, but it's not really what you want to see from your attacking midfielder. Yeah. I guess it shows maybe that he can.
play a little bit deeper and a more defensive role if if he mm, needs to. And get another defensive midfielder. Well, no, he's more of a, he can be more of a box to box, which is what I've wanted to see at the yeah, start of the tournament with that. He two won't play box. I know he won't. We don't. England don't play in that box to box format, unfortunately. Um, I think he he was a little bit better at the start of the second half. I can remember the odd run he went on, but yeah, it's just it's just not the most inspiring I guess performance that yeah. I've seen he did, he did get I, I would give him a 6 but he got an assist so I bumped him up 0.5 because he was very anonymous until that point and I think that masked over a bit of an average performance but finally he scored he, he, uh, one of his corners were converted mm-hmm. he's putting the ball for John Stones headed the post against Scotland I'm not sure if he put the ball in for Maguire where he headed wide against Germany he maybe should have done better I can't remember if that was him or Shaw but his corners haven't been awful, but you know, now he's a bit better now, apparently. <laughs> so something's clicked, maybe. Maybe. Um, on to the front three. Let's start with Jaden Sancho. Yeah, but I mean, Sancho, as we said at the beginning, a bit of a surprise inclusion. I don't know. I think it's unlikely that Southgate is bound, bowed to media and public pressure and put him in. But maybe this whole maybe this was the right game for him to come in because if he's perceived the Ukraine as a weaker opponent, I think that Sancho can get at them. Why not? I know yeah. you were clamouring for Foden, but um, or, or d- uh, no, I wanted Sterling on the well, right. I know you want Sterling on the right, but the fact is he's going to run Sterling through the middle. And you left, can Sterling left, right, Sterling's left, and right in the middle. But yeah, you know what I mean. He's not going to yeah. play him on the right. Um. Sancho, I, I'll give him a seven. I mean, he did in patches, was pretty good, nimble in his feet, try and beat, take on and beat, beat the opponent, which is always good. But sort of the end product was lacking, and I don't know whether that was lack of support or he released the ball early enough. Not being too critical because he's just been thrown in the quarterfinals and he hasn't had any game time up to now but yeah I thought he was okay yeah I, I went for a seven as well same as you I thought it was it was similar to Saka's performance against, it was, against that's right, Germany that's right. or even the Czechs where he didn't get any goal contribution but he went on nice runs there were a few nice one-twos he made and as he and he went from right to left on some nice runs playing one-twos with Mount or whoever and yeah he had that chance which was given offside eventually but Maybe should have done a little bit better. It was on the turn, bit of a hard finish, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was just a positive performance. I think it was just similar to how Saka's been playing, making runs, running at the opposition on occasion. I don't think it was the most mind-blowing performance I've seen from it, from anyone. Um, but it was just decent. I think decent is the word I'd use. So I've went, I've gone for a seven as well. And I do have a little theory as to why. Sancho has not been starting. I don't. I don't really know how truthful this is, but I think Southgate might have a problem with the transfer speculation around Sancho. I think maybe Southgate wants his players to be totally focused on the competition rather than getting distracted. Because throughout the whole tournament, we've had Sancho rumours, Sancho rumours, Sancho for Man United. That's not. Has that been tied up? Yeah. Well, it's Man United put out a statement saying that he has been agreed. Okay. So it's more official. So I'm, I'm not sure if Southgate's got a problem with that. But I remember him before the tournament when talking about Kane. He was saying he wants his players to be totally focused. Right. 
and you came to more of, I think, a very professional kind of person who w- won't like discuss transfers whilst in the in the tournament. But maybe Sancho was distracted by that, and maybe that's the reason why he didn't start. I don't know. There's not a lot of talk about what's ha- what's happening with Sancho apart from why is he not playing. So I don't know. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, on to Harry Kane. He's now started scoring a lot of goals. Harry Kane. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is I can't. I want to try and keep work out once or twice that he dropped deep in all of this match. That's okay because he do, he does that on occasion for Tottenham as well. Yeah, he still I, scores I understand thirty odd goals. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But it was noticeable that it was happening a lot less. Yeah. Actually, against Germany. It happened a lot less, and that happened a lot less as well. And I think probably, as I've already said in in other um, episodes, that if you've got a better link between the midfield and the front three, then Kane doesn't have to come so deep. Yep, took his took his goals well. Um, I'll give him an eight. I know that might seem harsh, but <laughs> he's on also on an upward trajectory from. A very low base because the first few games he was pretty rotten. So, I mean, he does what he does. Kane works on the shoulder for the first goal, keeps on side, tucks it away, and uh, the second one nuts it down. Yeah, similar header. the keeper. Similar header to the German one, heads it down. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he does does what Kane does. We've just been sort of waiting for it, waiting for it to materialise and. You know, it could be that he's just hitting form at the right time. Yeah, I've given Kane 8.5, a little bit higher than you. Good to see him finally hit some form. It's a miracle what happens when he stays in the box and he gets good service. But uh, yeah, I think Shaw coming forward's helped him out a lot as well with those crosses. That's like two assists that Shaw's provided. Well, we were, s- we were saying in all of the group games, why are they not crossing it into the box this night? Yeah. Pass it in, walk it in, just... You know, you've got some of the best. You've got in Kane one of the best headers of the ball, together with uh, Maguire. Now we've got as well. You get the and Stones can head it as well. So you get the big lads up. Okay, maybe we haven't had as many set pieces as as we might have liked or might have expected, but you see the benefit of them when you do get the big set pieces. So and as you said, if we can finally manage to get a corner in, uh, in the right area. <laughs> Then uh, that can also result in uh, in chances. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Kane will be good there. Yeah, I think he's hit form at a very good time in the tournament, and hopefully he can con- continue this to into the Denmark game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see him be a bit more involved at the start of the tournament. That was frustrating, but if we win the whole thing now, it's all forgiven, and um, <laughs> Kane can be knighted or whatever. Yeah, whatever will happen. Uh, on to the final of the starting eleven, uh, Raheem Sterling. Well, I think I'm going to give Sterling a seven point five. To be honest, I think with all the other guys scoring and everything else that was going on, I probably actually became a bit distracted. I think you, you know, you were probably watching it closer than yeah. I was. I was probably still in some sort of like dreamland, four <laughs> 0 up in the quarter final with no pressure for an hour. Although that's a bit for a bit longer, but. Um, yeah, I don't really know just what Sterling was up to, so <laughs> that's all sure. I could say. I didn't really notice his contribution. I'm sure he was buzzing around, but he didn't seem to be as direct as he was against Germany. Maybe there was less pressure on him because we were playing so well 
because you didn't have the sort of blister got and do those driving runs that you've seen in previous games. I went for an eight for Sterling because he got an assist for an, for one for a Kane goal. I thought it was a really good ball actually, a bit of an underrated yeah, ball. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And he linked up nicely for the third goal actually. He, it was him who played it for Shaw and then he played it nice little back heel for Shaw and then Kane put he put it in for Kane. And he was still making those little runs on the left hand side. He made one, I think one maybe drive into the box that maybe a half chance came out of it. But he didn't. As I didn't really notice that many mistakes he made. He didn't exactly give the ball away as much as he sometimes does, or maybe in the earlier games especially he gives the ball away the odd time. But I think it's it's just, he, he had a similar performance to Luke Shaw against Germany the second half because he got he got the the assist for one and then he got the the nice little back heel to Shaw to Kane like the the pre assist some people right, call right. it. So I kind of judged it against that. And he came off quite early still, so I've given him an eight because even though he came off early, he contributed to two of the three goals when he was on the pitch in some way. And yeah, I've gone for an eight. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the starting 11 done on to uh, substitutes. Let's start with Henderson because he's the one that we actually have something to talk about. Well, yeah, took his goal well, got excited. You got very excited. <laughs> um sort of apart from that looks like uh, Rice is replaced sort of just went about his business so yes what did I give him his value yet? Nope. Um, 7? Yep. 7.5 let's say oh, 7.5 because he got his goal I went for a 7 because <laughs> well I'd say it would, would have been a 6 but he scored so it's a 7 for me okay because yeah it was, it was whipped in free header good header still and as he said, kind of just went about his business as England kind of not shut up shop really, just but just really. yeah, just controlled the game I suppose. Yeah, got that. Yeah, I think you could tell from the from the games he has played, he's really wanted to score a goal. He looks very hungry for a goal. Like you saw, he, he had one disallowed against the the Czechs. Um, he he missed a penalty in the warm up games, and you can tell he's really wanting that first England goal, and he was very happy when he got Maybe it eventually. Concentrating now, just playing midfield. Now he's got the score. Does Henderson deserve a start now after no, scoring? No, no, I don't think he does. <laughs> I think he will. No. And I think the taking off Phillips and Rice basically Probably, just tells. Probably, yeah, exactly. Um, on to the the four other substitutes. I think this will be quite brief because um, none of them did anything. No. Have you got, have you, I've gone for sixes for all of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just didn't see anything. I mean, Rashford, to be fair, he did run. It was a one. It was quite one, a bit. One run, and yeah. he actually had he had a bit more time in this game, and he still didn't really do yeah, anything. I think he's lacking just, a bit of confidence. And you know, if that was Grealish, something would have happened, maybe. <laughs> Whatever. Calvert Lewin. He was very annoying. Can't remember anything. Bellingham, a little bit, little bit more involved because he was actually in the middle of the park, yeah, the exactly. odd passing in there. And Trippier, as you've already said, why you put him on for Shaw on the left? I, I just feel bad for Chilwell. Because <laughs> you're an actual left back. Yeah. You're the yeah. You, you think you're the second choice left back for England, and you're getting, you, you can't get a game over the third choice England right back or maybe the second choice was so strange I mean, apart from the goalkeeper was Chilwell the only actual choice not got involved yet 
Ben White hasn't played. Ben White, no. Um, can't think of anyone else. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. Yeah. And, I, and I, again, I think Ben White... Yeah, I think Ben White... I would have included James Ward-Prowse, and I think I mentioned on a previous episode... The only reason Ben White is in the team is because of the lack of knowledge that England had about Harry Maguire's injury. Yeah, from what Southgate up, said, from what Southgate said in his press conferences when announcing the squad, I don't think Man United were particularly helpful when when communicating about the injury. Okay. So I think he, um, as a precaution, he picks Ben White. But would have been good for Ward Prowse to set pieces still. But I yeah, it doesn't really matter now. Um, but yeah, that that's all of our player ratings. Yeah, the subs were pretty uninspiring, but they saw out the game. They did their job, I suppose. That was Southgate's fantasy out the game. Um, England played Denmark on Wednesday at Wembley. Sixty thousand fans back. Yeah. Well, England England maybe would perform better without without Wembley. No, I think this will draw them up. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> hopefully it does. Because it's it is a bit of a Croatia esque kind of game from like from the previous World Cup where it's like you should beat them but like but I can see the similarities between Croatia and Denmark and yeah plus I mean you'd expect England to win but Denmark basically it's going to be Denmark motivated by Ericsson and you're going to have England with the whole of Wembley behind them yeah and England's capacity for to implode on the big will be in front of the big occasion but. Having said that, I do think they're a lot more solid a team than they have been in previous tournaments. Maybe the um, World Cup in Russia was the beginning of that under Southgate when they get really tight, they're down to earth, they don't go over the top. I think even Southgate said today that when they got to the semi-final uh, against Croatia in the World Cup, they had like a big blowout and they were maybe over-celebrating. Mm. And now... After the big win over Ukraine, they sort of had a little bit of a celebration and then straight back to preparation, preparation, preparation. So I'm expecting them to go into this a lot more focused. Yeah, I think England would have got pumped by France anyway if they did get through Croatia last time, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, hopefully, yeah, I think the mentality in that England camp is good. I think from what everyone, all the players in their interviews have said, they're a tight knit group. They're having some fun while staying focused, and they're performing at the moment. Long may it continue. World Cup next year as well. Oh yeah. Maybe England squad could should could should be even stronger. Yeah, we've got we've got some of the younger so. players getting a bit more experience, a bit more mature. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, that is our player ratings. There are three other games, three other quarterfinals that happened. Uh, let's get into those. So the first quarter final saw Spain go through on penalties against Switzerland, three one on penalties after a one all draw. I thought Switzerland maybe could have won it when it was one one, but I think the red card really changed the the tide in that match and then it was kind of an onslaught of Spanish pressure and Jan Sommer had a really good game, actually. <laughs> he was very unlucky to go out. He made some really good saves. Saved one of the penalties in the shootout, though. But unfortunately, Switzerland produced some absolutely shocking penalties. Yeah, it, just, it was a bit bad. <laughs> yeah. I um, yeah, I think I think the red card 
was harsh. But again, Spain showed that you can get to them at the back. And uh, also that they had trouble again finishing off their, their chances. Yeah, some terrible finishing. That uh, Gerard Moreno, yeah, he, he scored like a ridiculous amount of goals this season for Villarreal. But I can think of three sitters he missed after that red card alone. And Spain cannot finish for their life sometimes. And as I said, what I said whilst watching it was, this is how I saw the Croatia-Spain game going. I thought it was going to be something like this. Lots of missed chances. Mm -hmm. And someone would win on penalties. That's what I thought would happen in Croatia. It didn't. Actually, people took their chances. And it was a high-scoring, crazy game. But yeah, I think... Switzerland after they scored they had they had momentum behind them I thought maybe they could nick it and then the red card which was a controversial one kind of changed the whole game yeah. and yeah Spain they, they should have scored after the red card again as I said before Summer had the game of his life and then the penalties honestly dreadful well you had Spain kicked off with Busquets hitting the was it yeah he hit the post, the post. and then the, the Spain keeper made a couple of saves and then Switzerland, um, can't remember who it was. I think it was Vargas, maybe. Awful penalty blasted over, but I suppose that keeper's having a bit of redemption now. Unai Simon, I believe his name is, mm -hmm. after that dodgy own goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, he saved a couple of pen They were terrible penalties, to be fair. But yeah, from both sides. Um, yes, but yes, just terrible. It's a terrible penalty shootout. Um, but on to the other game that same day, that was Italy-Spain, dubbed by some as Italy-Spain. No, it was not Italy-Spain, it was in fact Italy-Belgium. Just thinking about how bad Spain's penalties were, and I mixed my words. But no, Italy beat Belgium 2-1 in what some dubbed as the game of the tournament, Absolutely even though not. it was far it from it, really. It was nowhere near the game of the tournament. It was, it was, I'd say at points it was a good game. I think it had it, high moments where it was end-to-end frantic pace but it had other moments where it was slow and especially the last 15 20 minutes was very tedious because you had a lot of Italy players just on the floor and there was Immobile uh, well that, that was after Italy's first goal but that that was awful and Immobile actually had an awful game I thought I thought it was actually terrible it was very wasteful I thought in that game do you not do you remember <laughs> <laughs> well I remember him scoring that curler that was Insigne. Oh, Insigne. Ah, that's right. There you go. Then, yeah, probably not. But Insigne had tried that throughout the tournament. He scored actually. some. He's missed some. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think. I think. It's typical time wasting, antics. And you know, you don't want to um, generalize, about the team, but uh, you know, Italy played played it just to the edge of the rules. Yeah. what's acceptable rolling around and this that and the other and actually we haven't seen a lot of that in this tournament really yeah we didn't even see it with England against Germany which was a pretty big game as well I thought yeah. we maybe would see that there from England but no um, but yeah I, I, mean, I didn't like how the Italy went 2-0 up and then just after half time before Belgium got it's before half time no the penalty was it before yeah, half time yeah it's before <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was before <laughs> half time. All right. <laughs> My point being that Belgium got back into it and they had a bit of wind in their sails and they huffed and puffed. That dopey bloke had a. Yeah, he had a. I'd say a good game and it was really. 
Doku and De Bruyne are trying to make things happen, and they just didn't. And De Bruyne came out afterwards and said he was... I can't remember, he had something injured. I think it was his Achilles or something. Right. He had a torn Achilles, and he was playing through. I'm just like, that, that's some commitment right there, and that, I think that just shows how and much Belgium de- rely yeah, on desperation. him. Desperation. Yeah. You have to play him. And that's why I said, I didn't expect De Bruyne to start the game. That's why, I, really, I went for the Italy win, but he did play. He, and he had... He was probably Belgium's well, best player. This I mean, it's fine margins, but you probably say that Italy deserved it. Yeah, they dominate. They had the most of most play. of the ball. I'd say actually, I wouldn't say the better chances because I could think of early on where you had that De Bruyne shot that was well saved. Mm-hmm. You had that Lukaku shot that was also well saved. That Don- Donnarumma's actually having a very good tournament as well. Um, him and Pickford probably the standout goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, left in the tournament, but even Spain goalkeepers turned it around. Sommer's had a very good tournament. Um, is Kasper Schmeichel for Denmark? I'm not too sure, but there's been actually a good few goalkeeper performances. And as a member of the goalkeeper union, I, <laughs> I see, I see all the great goalkeeping out there, and I respect it. But um, yeah, Italy go through. I think I still think they are favourites for the tournament over England. Yeah, it'd be t- it'd be tough. I- you know, I know maybe. we're going to get on to predictions, but it's difficult to see past uh, Italy and that Italy-Spain final. So, yeah, I don't know. It, you know, it could be the irresistible force against the immovable object. Actually, I think that the final I would like to see the least is Spain-England. <laughs> I think I would actually fall asleep <laughs> watching Spain play. Cause it'd just be, it would just be Spain on the ball, just passing it around non-stop and England not being able to get it. And it would just be so tedious. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Spain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the way the way they play, unless it's like some prime Barcelona, Guardiola Barcelona, Spanish football is just very tedious. I think it's moved on from that sort of thing. You know, they were talking about it at the beginning of the tournament more on the television. How a tiki taka, you know, it's over. That style's changed, and the whole of football's moved on. Yeah, it has to a certain extent, but Spain will still try and pass you to death. Uh, well, yeah, it, Italy go through, and yeah, it wasn't the game of the tournament. No. I, I, I literally, was, who, who mentioned it, the co-commentator, was it Keown at the time? I don't know, was it Keown? I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, but they tried to say that, pass it off as the as the game of the tournament. And I and I just got my fingers up and I just started counting games that were better. I was like Croatia, Spain, Switzerland, France, Germany, Portugal, Portugal, France. That's four that are already better than the, that game. And I'd chuck in England versus Germany because um, <laughs> that actually no, that that really wasn't. But onto the the final um, quarter final because we've already gone over um, England's game uh, was Denmark beating Czech Republic two one. Uh, Denmark went into a lead and then uh, the Czech Republic pulled one back after the puff it wasn't enough and Denmark doing it for Christian Eriksen motivated by that That's tragedy what they say, but yeah. I, you know I, I'm sure that is a part of it but I also think they're actually not a bad team yeah do, you, do you think they would still be here they pro- well I, d- I don't know because you can't say that they you know they it's not been the hardest run for them. <coughs> no, but means. you could say that about England as well. Germany. Well, <laughs> but yeah, we've talked about what sort of team Germany were and where they're at at this moment in time. But yeah, maybe Germany is a more of a psychological hurdle for this England team than perhaps. Sure. But Denmark, 
find the first game where they had to play thingy and they cut the vowels after the Oaks and incident. Yeah. They've actually played pretty well and they're a solid, solid unit. It's going to be actually, you know, while you'd say you'd expect England to beat Denmark because you think they're you think England are a better team. Actually, Denmark are a lot solid and they're a lot they're a lot better uh, going forward than I actually thought. They were, you know, I don't know a lot about Denmark football, the games that they play generally, but um, yeah, they played all right throughout the tournament, and they've all they've also got a good head of steam up. So whether you can put that down to the Ericsson incident or whether they're using that as a springboard, it's a mixture of a lot of things. But I think <laughs> you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But if you'd have really trawled through the whole all the data that's out there. You might have said, well, Denmark might be my, uh, might be a, not might, might be a, an underdog team for it. Yeah, and they've got quality players all over the pitch hitting the form at the right moment. Yeah, you got Schmeichel in goal, who's a very good goalkeeper. You got their fullbacks, um, fullbacks even McMillan, who's having a very good tournament, as I mentioned before. Um, you got I can't, I can never Crazy. say his name. Yeah, you, that. I don't know why my mouth just doesn't want to say it. Uh, he's having a very good tournament. You've got Damsgaard. Yeah. And then Kasper Dolberg, who's had, he scored a couple against Wales. He's scored another one here. And he's hitting, he's hitting some form as a striker, as a kind of focal point for... But you like to think that England would be more a more solid defensive prospect than the Czech Republic, as I, as yeah. I said before. And even Wales. <laughs> Denmark got in behind uh, the Czechs on numerous occasions and it was sort of a bit fortunate they didn't concede a few more I think so I think that was about right I think Denmark definitely deserved to win that despite the efforts of Schick to uh, drag the Czechs towards the semi yeah and Schick obviously goes level now with Ronaldo for the golden boot yeah do you think anyone's going to catch them maybe Kane or Sterling could potentially catch up yeah could, could even be. Dolberg could because he's got three now yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Immobile has fallen off a bit, and I'm not not as confident that he's gonna he's gonna get any more. No. Unless it, he'll probably score a hat trick against England. Now I've said that. If, if, if England if get happens. to the final and win, and Kane uh, is firing us in that direction, then he'll probably get it. But I think there's a lot of uh, you know. A lot of bridges to cross before we get that far, but we'll take it one one step at a time. Yeah, and uh, Denmark obviously one one of my dark horses. I mention this every time. <laughs> um, I'm going to be very smart if they get through. Look, fortunately, I say actually, Ukraine went out get against England. Obviously, they did their job for me. They went far in the competition. They, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, you'd say those two, the Swiss and the Czech Republic, were the the, the shocks to get to the quarterfinal. Yeah, stand out to performances, the I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that is the end of the our quarterfinal predi- not predictions reaction. We've only got two games to predict. One on Tuesday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday. So Spain, Italy. What do you think is going to happen in that one? Well, as we've sort of touched on already, I think. I think Italy will just have too much for Spain. But <laughs> but Spain is going to turn up. Is it going to be the one that concedes goals but can't finish themselves? Or is it the one that uh, thumps Croatia and puts five past Slovakia? Yeah. 
So I've got five past both Croatia and yeah, Slovakia. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Italy have looked pretty solid defensively, and Chiellini's back now as well. Yeah, and he, he? he was good against in Belgium, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I just hope it's not one of those, as you say, attack against defence. Spain keeping the ball and trying to break Italy down, and Italy trying to do them on the counter. I mean, they've definitely got the ability. Um, I'll go Italy by a goal. I don't know. 2-1, 2 Italy. Yeah, I think if Spain do miss as many chances as as they they missed against the Swiss, they're gonna get punished badly. I think. Yeah. And I think it's it's a co- basically a coin flip if which Spain's gonna turn up as you said if they're gonna finish their chances because I think they've got the most uh, chances created in the whole tournament and that's not really a surprise. But yeah, Italy. They've got through. Yeah, they've, they've got through Austria. That was unconvincing performance. Belgium. I'd say that Belgian performance was a bit more convincing than the mm-hmm. Austria one. They always seem to find a way. I'm, I'm going to go 2 0 Italy. Okay. Although, yeah. Will, will Spain score? I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's a very interesting game. Uh, I think. Spain do have the better head-to-head record against Italy. Of course, they've beaten four nil in the was it the Euro twenty twelve yeah Euro twenty twelve final. Oh yeah, but as you say now, Italy after failing to qualify for the World Cup, yeah, they've just been completely revamped and remodelled. Yeah, and their their team and their thirty odd games unbeaten. So and I realise that's going to come to an end at some point, but. I think it's difficult to see past Italy. You know, I might be proven wrong, but I'm quite happy to go see Italy. <laughs> Spinazzola obviously misses out. Actually, that that could be a bit of a blow for Italy. I think he's going to be out for a while. For a while, actually, I think yeah. it was a really bad injury. I think it said like six months or something, five oh, six wow. months. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're going to have probably Emerson, which is Chelsea's third choice left back. Um, and I don't think he is the best left back in the world, but you haven't you've seen how how far those fullbacks for Italy have pushed up. So I think Emerson is more of a wing back, so he might he might prove effective. But yeah, Chiellini and Benucci in defence. Maybe Spain won't get as many chances as they usually do against most teams so far. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with two 0 two Italy. Um, on to well, the big one as far as we're concerned, even though you'd say Italy Spain is a is a bigger it's game. A bigger tie, yeah. um, England Denmark. What are you going to say? I'm going to go England to put us through the ringer, but win three two. How's that? Oh no, that would be that. I that know, would, be terrible. would be terrible. That would be all sorts of wrong. Unless it's like three one, and then they score one in like the ninety fifth minute, and then that's fine. With with that, yeah, no, no that, time well, left. Okay, I, I'm not close <laughs> to scoring yeah. this England. No, three, three, two. <laughs> I, do you really see this England side conceding two goals? Well, as we've already mentioned, uh, Denmark have been pretty good, pretty potent up front, and they've got quite a good attacking array um, doing the business. Now you could go, well, they're built up the quality down the line from their opponents haven't played so well, and this, that, and the other, but. You know, I'd like to say it would be a three-one for England, and they'd be through it. Routine, 
two nil against Germany, four nil against Ukraine, three nil against Denmark, stroll into the final and everybody bows down before us and we just give them shit. But there's got to be at some point where they put us through the ringer and I think it's the biggest game. I don't want to underestimate Denmark and I'm sure Southgate and England aren't underestimating them but I think it'll be I think it'll be a tight one. Yeah. I'm I'd even take one nil. I'd take just a win. Just yeah, exactly. Just take a win, exactly. Better one nil than three two actually. <laughs> three yeah, for your nerves anyway. Yeah. Um I don't want to go two nil for both games, so I'll go I'll go three one because I'll 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 predict that we will concede. So if if we do concede, I'll be like, oh look, I predicted right that we'd concede. But if we don't, it's like, well, we got another clean sheet. What? What? How great! Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should underestimate Denmark. No, not at all. That that Damsgaard, Dolberg, Naylor, good, very good players that have t- been excellent throughout the tournament. Yeah, they've lost to Finland and Belgium, but still, yeah. They can cause England some trouble. For sure. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if they're a very set piece oriented team, or if they've got any big, big like headers of the ball. I do think this tournament has actually been noticeable for a lack of set pieces. Yeah, there's been no, there's been no direct, um, no direct free, free kicks. kicks, and there hasn't been that many. How many free kicks from corner goals from corner of the box? There's been the odd one like the Denmark and um, Delaney. Yeah, goal in the last game against Czech Republic, but this has been. I don't know whether that reflects the way that the style of football has changed. There just seems to be less chances. Actually, been fewer free kicks on the edge of the box or approaching the box generally throughout the yeah. tournament. Germany had a couple against England, but they took about ten years to take them, and they hit the wall of yeah, yeah, exactly. Whirlpool. So it's been a little bit. It's strange. Well, that, those are our predictions for the tournament, the remaining couple games for the semi-finals. Um, join us next time, where hopefully we'll have the joy and the pleasure of saying that England are in the final of the, the European Championship for the first time. Um, that's all. That's all I really have to say. Uh, thanks for listening, and please join us next time. Bye bye. See ya.